I shall not, look at the last word, want. Somebody say want. The word want means lack. So what he's really saying to me, what David is really saying, because Jesus is my shepherd, I won't need anything. How many of I want to get to a place that you know that Jesus got you so much that you don't need nothing in 2023? Will they cry out to God and say, you are a burden lifter. God, you are my shepherd that I don't want for anything. God, you are the head. And I'm not the tail. You are the lifter up of my head. That's how you know and find out about I heard the Lord say in my spirit, this is an unshakable house. I want y'all to think about that a minute. It is finished. But what most people forget is, he didn't say I was finished. He said, it is. Somebody said, it is finished. Which means his assignment. Now, ain't nobody on this earth here is going to finish their assignment. He was the only one that really ever completed his assignment without sin. So when he said on the cross, and, and if you go back and read it, we don't have time for it, but if you go back and read it, it stated he shouted. He didn't just say it with this like nonchalant voice, but on the cross, even after dealing with one of the most horrific uh, 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 tormenting situation you could ever go through but when he finally got ready to give up the ghost he said it is finished but he shouted it so somebody shouted real quick it is finished finished. that's how powerful it is think about that a minute because if he didn't finish it we wouldn't be here today so not only did he say it is finished but he said it with a shout That's this way of saying to God, I did everything you asked me to do. He didn't say I was finished. But he said what I came to this earth for, I finished the course. And it's a greater level of finish than any of us could ever have. I want y'all to think about that for a moment. Come on, just think about that a moment. I know it's not Resurrection Sunday after he's did, but all this happened on Friday. All this happened on Good Friday, just not only just the whipping. Most people think, well, he he rose on Sunday. He did, but he died on Friday. And before he died, he said, it is finished. By his stripes, you got healed. So here's a couple of things I want you to see here. I'm going to talk about it really quickly. I won't hold you long because we're going to get ready for the play. But here's a couple of things I want you to see uh, here on the board. He said, Good Friday is the day Christians commemorate the suffering and the execution of Jesus by Roman occupying empire in Jerusalem. So here is a thing. So when you think about Good Friday, Good Friday is a very crucial situation to happen for all of us. And uh, most people say, again, you know, why do they call it Good Friday? But we know they call it Good Friday because if he did not die for us. Just read this couple of comments here. Just look at this real quickly here. Uh, the day focuses on the passion and the death of Jesus. That's what Friday focuses on. And not only his death, but his passion to make sure that he goes through it so we can be safe. Right? This is something you have to look at. So Good Friday is the day of Christmas. We talked about that. So here's, here's another one. Put it up. The next one, if you don't mind for me, Tanya. Here's the next one. Moving on to the next one, please. It is called Good Friday because by Jesus' death, he became the final 
complete sacrifice for our sins. Complete. Somebody say complete. complete. Sacrifice for our sins. Our hands would have been forever stained with every sin for a lifetime. Man, you better look at them hands. And, and look, y'all better look at them hands. You better look at them hands. And thank God for the blood. Come on, them, them, hands, are, them hands are clean because of the blood. They're clean because of the blood. We have seen so many people in the last year get saved than we've seen in a long time. So many souls have gotten saved. It's ridiculous how much, how blessed God has blessed this church. Amen? So that's what you have to look at. If it wasn't for that, so it said, it's called Good Friday because by Jesus' death, he became the final and complete sacrifice for our sins. Our hands would have been forever stained for every sin for a lifetime. But Jesus broke the bond of death and sin. Of death and sin. I'm y'all glad that he broke it on y'all life, right? I'm y'all glad, right? It's incredible. But here's a couple of things I want you to look at in scriptures. And then, as I stated, I won't be before you long. I just want to get you to understand. So one of the things that you have to understand when they say the word good, the word good at one time meant holy. That's what the word Good Friday meant. So they came up with Good Friday, Great Friday. Somebody called it Sorrowful Friday. But the true meaning of good is the word holy. It was really called Holy Friday. And this Good Friday happened to be at the best time also because it was also Passover weekend. So not only did Jesus die on the weekend on a Friday, but he died during a sacred time because they were having Passover. And I ask this question all the time. What would you have done if it was you? If you had been there, would you have believed that Jesus really died for you? That he was really going through all that for you or you just would have been thinking that it's something that he was just dealing with and because he was just being picked on. And even though Pilate, right, said these words, I find no fault with this man. He gave in to the pressure of the people. And people said, well, you know, that's a shame that Pilate allowed himself to go through that. But in all actuality, even if Pilate didn't do it, God would have found somebody else. That's just how much he loves us. Somebody say amen, right? He loved us that much that he had to. If Judas hadn't trained him, Jesus, God would have had somebody else to trade him. Because at the end of the day, his job was to come and save mankind. Come on, somebody, right? And so all of you are here today because of this Savior. They call Jesus. But he's your Savior. Because he is your Jesus. Somebody say amen, right? So... 1 John 1 and 10, let's look at this, make a, make a mark of it in your notes, please. And here's a couple of points I want you to see and just think about it. And uh, this is really something. So he said, if we say that we have not sinned, refusing to admit acts of sin, we make him out to be a liar by contradicting him and his word is not in us. If you look at it in the NLT version, it says, if we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our heart. So anytime you hear people say they have not made any mistakes, they have not sinned, they're lying. There's never been one perfect, only one perfect person on this earth, and that is Jesus. Somebody say amen, right? 
So it's very imperative to understand, but this scripture is not a scripture to beat you up. It's not a scripture to make you feel condemned. It's a scripture to tell you the truth that guess what? We have a savior that know who we are. Amen. And here's the wonderful thing about it. 2,000 years ago, he, he died for you and you weren't even born. You didn't think about that. He died for you and you weren't even born, which in so many words, what? He loved you way before you even existed. And so tonight it should be so incredible for you to be sitting here today Luke 2 and 11. One thing I want to share with you, you've heard me, some people said before, but I remember dealing with situations that I remember talking to God one night. He said these words to me, and uh, I had never heard these words before. And then all he said, and I want to say these same words to you, maybe to those of you that don't understand how much God loves you, right? And so I'm talking to God about different scenarios and, and different things that uh, occurred. And then finally I said to God, you know, this and that, and I was trying to, you know, make it be understood. And he finally said to me, he said these words to me, and I want you to understand. He said, what people say about you ain't none of your business if it don't match what I say about you. He's the only time it's your business if they ain't match, if they ain't match, if they match what I say about you. If they ain't matching what my words say about you, what I say about you, it ain't none of your business. So look what he said. He said, for this is this day in the city of David, there has been, there have been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. And in the inner version, he said, say the savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. So here's the most difficult thing we got to understand about this weekend because we don't understand it. He said the difficulty for us is that living for God requires sinless perfection. How many of y'all know that for a fact, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we, that, that's why you'll find out they, there are several levels that we do when it come to God. When you go back and study Peter, there are several levels that most of us don't want to pay attention to. But one that really caught my attention, attention was, how many of y'all know that Peter followed from a distance? And how many of y'all know some of us have still not completely surrendered to him? That's why we follow from a distance. That's why he only get us in church a couple times a month because we're following him from a distance. Because nobody you close to want to be far away from. And so we get past that stage where we follow him because we're in relationship with him. Distant following does not work. When he really becomes your savior and he is really your Lord, like you talk about your boo, and you want everybody to know who your boo is. If he's really your savior, you have a different perspective about him. You have a different reaction about him. You don't care what nobody thinks because he is your savior. So the difficult for us, the difficulty for us that living for God requires sinless perfection and none of us is perfect, not one, until Jesus came, not until he came and took our place on that Friday so long ago. How many are so glad that we took that place? Come on. A couple more things and I'll say this and we'll go ahead and go. He said, that's why 
We need a Savior. Scripture identify him as Jesus Christ. How many of y'all identify him as Jesus Christ? Amen. And here's the thing that I want you to know, and I, and I hope that I don't offend anybody here tonight, uh, but I want you to understand, no, no matter who you call, no matter what name you call, no matter if it's Buddha, Hindu, sorry, uh, Muhammad, at the end, I'm just telling you, in the end, every knee shall bow. Every tongue. Oh, y'all didn't get me. Shout, confess. in the shop getting my little five minute haircut that's all it takes five minutes and I'm proud of it somebody say amen when I sit in the shop a lot of people say look at pastor being proud about a five minute haircut I am and the gentleman was talking to me he's like you're a pastor yeah I'm a pastor and he started talking about you know his religion I'm not against your religion I just know mine. I don't, I don't, I don't have time to get in fights no more. Them days over with. I got greater things to do. God didn't keep me around for nothing. And so, and so with that, he started talking about his religion and about, you know, and all the things that he understood about his religion and what he'd been taught and how to speak the language. And I couldn't help it. You know, when you're Holy Ghost filled, you just Holy Ghost filled. So I said to him, I said, you know, there ain't but one problem. You got to be taught how to speak the language. In my religion, you just got to be filled. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And all I did was call in the name of Jesus in the foyer. And before you know it, I got a language. Let me show you. You speak yours, I'll speak mine. Now mine's got a connection to it because when I say reek, I got a both shot at my face. And then minds have Jesus connected to it. And I understand the power of Jesus and the connection to Jesus. I understood in 2020 when I was told you are at stage four cancer. You got third and didn't know it for months. My wife heard it, but I didn't hear it. But when they told me I had cancer, 
All Apostle Junior looked at me and said, what are we going to do? We're going to believe the word? We're going to believe what God said? I said, Jesus. I didn't say no other name. I said, the name that I know that's connected. I said, the name that was this Friday night. By the time I found out on a Monday, they told me I had to wait till Friday. And then one of the, one of the assistant nurses said, I don't know what it is about you, but we gonna, we gonna, she was the head, the, the surgeon that said, her sister said, it's something about you. We're going to move you up early. Come on. I, I didn't notice that I had stage four cancer all up in my body. And then Apostle Junior was praying with another pastor in the room, and all of a sudden they saw white stuff coming out of my body. And, uh, y'all, you, come on now. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking. I'm saying this occurred somebody about Jesus tonight. And by the time they went into me on Wednesday, they said all the cancer was going to be except the size of a strawberry. Come on, somebody, right? And I, and I remember coming out and about four or five in the morning, I don't remember the time, I was laying in my bed and Apostle Judah was sleeping, I was sleeping, I felt something pressed down on my stomach. I opened my eyes and there was someone, I first thought it was my wife praying for me because his hair was long and he had his hands on my stomach and he had his head down on his hands. And I looked up and I said, what is that? And I looked up and he looked at me, he said, you're healed and walked out the room. Come on somebody, right? And at that point, I still didn't know I had stage four cancer. Because I'd missed what the doctor said. Sometimes God allows things to happen because he knows the mental condition you're in. So months later, I kept going and they did all these things. They kept checking my genetics and all this stuff. And I went and then finally my doctor said to me, she said, Mr. Kelly, are you aware of what level? She said, you look too good for somebody to be at the level that you are at. And I said, she said, you do know. I said, yeah, I know I had cancer. She said, what level? I said, stage one, right? She said, No. You only had 30 to 60 days to live. And <laughs> here it is three years later. Come on, somebody.
That's for somebody tonight. That testimony is for somebody tonight. And I just recently had my last colonoscopy and the lady said, the man said to me, the doctor said to me, he said, I can't believe this. He said, you look better than today than you did three years ago. Come on, somebody, right? And I know it ain't nobody, but... don't mean nothing to you. It sure mean a lot to me tonight. Come on, somebody, right? Is there anybody here tonight? God has, Jesus has done something special for you and you are here to celebrate tonight for this good Friday. how much God loves me. I don't read your name in the Bible. And if you got a biblical name, it ain't the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen, right? So I mean you love the Lord tonight. Come on, amen. Come on. Good Friday. Good Friday. Good Friday. That's the way you should feel. And so we get ready for the play, but say, anybody here tonight know Jesus has been good to you. Yeah. Come, on, come on, amen. Yeah. One more time. Is there anybody tonight know Jesus has been good to you? Come on. That's why you should be celebrating. So tonight, so tonight, it's okay, sweetie. So tonight, we encourage you that if you don't know who this Savior is, we encourage you that if you don't have a relationship with him, can't nobody love you like Jesus. Amen. Can't nobody love you like Jesus. So I'm asking you to consider if you don't know him, I dare you to try him. I know people look at it and say, well, you know, me, me and God got our own thing. No. I don't know what your own thing is. But I know there's nothing greater than a surrendered life. Yes, and that right, prophets? There's nothing greater than a surrendered life. So today, as we get ready to play, I want you to consider the fact that if you don't know him, or maybe you pulled away from him, 
or even maybe you're not as committed as you used to be. I want you to think about this night, what he done for you and all the things he sacrificed so you could be here today. And I want you to consider turning your life over to him or reconnecting with him. Or maybe your commitment not at the level it should be. Maybe you kind of lost yourself. He loves you. There's not enough sin that'll make him not love you. So tonight, I want you to consider the fact. I want you to think about it. And give him a chance. Amen? Amen? How many of y'all know that he gave you a chance? And how many of y'all know you didn't deserve the chance? Let me see if some honest folk know you didn't deserve the love that you got from Jesus. How many of y'all know that he loved you more than you love yourself? Yeah, he did. He did. He did. Yeah. So I want you to consider the fact at this time, are they ready? Are they ready? Yes. So while we're doing that real quickly, is there anybody here tonight that don't know Jesus? We can do this before the play so the play can be more encouraging. Is there anybody here tonight you don't know him? And you say, look, tonight, I think I'm going to give my life to Christ. Or maybe you didn't know him and you pulled away from him. You say, you know what, I think tonight I'm going I'm to recommit myself to him. So if you're here tonight, would you stand? I heard the Lord say in my spirit, this is an unshakable house.